top, 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 top of the morning to you. This is Fabulous Frida on a Fabulous Friday. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to WDGS on your podcast station. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Let's talk about what topic is hot to trot with me on this podcast station. You know, this morning, I heard on the news that in Taiwan, it was snowing. I said, wow. This is why when I speak sometimes, I say, wherever you're, you're located in your demographic location. Because how many of you understand that where you're living, it may be sunny. And where someone else living, it may be snow. Where you living, it may be rain, but somebody else may be experiencing a storm. That is significant to everything in our lives. We all may be in the same earth, but we are not all experiencing the same thing. But one thing I have came to believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, in this entire planet of earth, Listen to me, that means it's universal. Everywhere with everybody in the entire world, one thing that we all share in common, hear me now, in common, is that there is a force of evil in the earth. And because of that, where do we all stand in the thought process to be delivered from that evil. I tell you, I had a very interesting phone call yesterday. And in that phone call, the person left me a voice message. And in that voice message, they asked me a question. And the question was, they know that God, well, first, let me say, they made a statement and say, I know that God says that we should love our enemies. But the question was, does God hate the devil? And the reason they asked me this question, they said it may even be a weird question. But they said they had an enemy that they were finding it hard to love. And they just wanted to try to find an answer. And they said, I may even, you know, I don't know if I'm looking for an escape goat. But she said, I want to just be honest. Because it's hard to love a person. They said, this person. But she said, God kept saying to her that we are supposed to love. So she said, give me your feedback on that. So what I began to do before I called her back. I began to do some soul searching, some meditating, praying, and then some Google searching. How many of you know, because as a faith-based teacher and believer, we are always encouraged to have an answer in season and out of season. That doesn't mean that you have to have an instantaneous answer to give a person at all times. But if someone calls you and they are inquiring about biblical response, then there's an answer in the word. 
We as leaders under the fivefold ministries, anybody that understand what that means, that means that you have a title in front of your name to indicate that you are a faith-based believer in the teaching of the fundamental truths of a Bible, of the Bible. Let me correct myself. Now, moving on to answer her question, when I called back, I said, well, I never read in the scripture where God hated the devil, but what he said, he hated the works of the devil. I said, and we as people, we can love someone and hate the works that they do. We have to understand there's a difference between the two. I said, now, love is a choice. But love and hate of the same person, we're talking about a person, cannot occupy the same space. Now, you're going to either love them or you're going to hate them. And I think a lot of times in the society as a whole, this is where the thin line comes into play. We have to make decisions when it comes to I'm just going to love this person regardless of what they do to me, regardless of what they've said against me, I still love them. Do I love what they do? Absolutely not. Do I love what they say? Absolutely not. Do I love how they act out of order? Absolutely not. Because what happens with those works, just like with Satan, is we're going to title the devil or whatever title you want to give them. You can hate the evil that comes from the condensation of that name that we, we, we use to indicate evil, which is the devil, which is wrong, which is cruel, which is mean, which is, which is hateful, which is jealousy. All those are works of the devil. And sometimes when you let people know that's who they are in their conduct and character, does not mean you don't love that person. It only means you see them for who they are. Now, what I want to do, I want to give you five of the same tips that I gave this lady yesterday to assist her with how can we love people who hate and why do people hate was the most thing that I shared with this individual. Why do people hate? And there are different levels of hate, just like people express different levels of love. But again, please remember this. If you're going to love somebody, you cannot hate them. You can hate what they do. But if you say you hate somebody, not because of what they've done to you against you, then you a hater. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. Let's get that defined. Because some people use that word, oh, they haters. But do you understand what a hater is? A hater is a person that dislikes you, not for what you've done against them, but because of other reasons. And I'm going to give you a few of those reasons this morning. 
And this may help you. And if it can't help you change your ways, it may help you understand somebody else's ways. So in my research yesterday in prayer and meditation to give this young lady an answer, I came across an article from a behavioral psychologist. And the title of the article was Why People Hate and the Science Behind Why We Love to Hate. And that author of this article is Vanessa Van Edwards. I found it very interesting. Uh, At the beginning of the article, she mentions a cliché. And I need you to hear this. Hear this really good. Listen to me. If you're listening to this podcast, you really need to hear this information. I'm telling you, it will bless your life. And how many of you know, if anybody gives you something to help you, it is a blessing. Now, listen, don't get it confused. All help is not a blessing. All gifts are not good gifts, but that's a whole nother topic. But this article will bless your life because it's going to encourage you to examine yourself. And it's going to also open up your understanding to why sometimes you be pondering and teeter tottering the thought why people may hate you or why is it that you hate people? Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. Because so many times we like to internalize information and immediately attach an image of somebody else that's doing these things. Oftentimes, we never look in the mirror clearly at our own self when we get information and say, oh, that's me. I find it very, very unpopular for people to... Apply, make application with information when they feel that they are good people. But you know, the word of God says, even Jesus said, why call me good master? None is good. No, not one. So when people have a tendency to run away from their own truth, you know, there's a thing that I have came to recently quote. God forgive them for they know not what they do. Because you're running from your own truth of who you are. But the beginning of the article, the lady says this in this cliche. She said, no bond is stronger than two people who hate the same person. Well, I got to read that again. No bond is stronger than two people who hate the same person. Remember, this is a cliche that she heard and that I'm quoting. I'm going to say it one more time and listen real good. No bond is stronger than when two people who hate the same person. You ever notice why two people start clicking when they didn't really care for one another? But somehow or down the road in their life journey, they realize they hate the same people. And then they grew a bond from just hating on the same person. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. It turns out that there are actually some truth to this statement, she writes. Despite hating people being a socially unacceptable act. See, socially, we're not really geared or taught to hate, even if we migrate to hate. So on the few occasions when people have the guts, 
and or strong emotion to motivate them to share their negative opinions about a person. It often pays off in the form of a new or stronger connection. Isn't that interesting? Sometimes people won't even connect with you until they done fell out with the other person. See, once they realize that person wasn't right. See, first, them and these people, because I've had it done in my life for many years. I've observed people, family, friends, and frenemies, that they wouldn't communicate with me as long as they had a stronger relationship with somebody else who when they that person was hating on me and they was hating on me, then they had a, a common bond. But once sometimes people's eyes are open, and that's one of my frequent prayers, that the eyes of people's heart be enlightened because that's the scripture from the Bible. And when people's eyes of their heart becomes enlightened, then what ends up happening, they realize they was hating you without a cause, a real cause. They might have hated you for something petty. But hate is a strong thing that we try to sociably discourage So where am I going with this message? Deliver us from all evil. When the research, it was found that stronger bonds when people are able to talk about their dislike towards someone else than when they both have positive feelings towards someone. Isn't that interesting? This is a scientific research. That before people can come together and talk about some positive stuff, And I've had people get offended with me. Oh, she always so positive. And if she ain't talking about something positive, she talking about something spiritually. And I notice that about people. But if I can sit on my phone and gossip with people for an hour about something negative, oh, they'll hang on. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. But people increase hateful, disrespect, and they will spit out negativity about other people. Quantity and quality in their connections. Isn't that something? They'll be hating on people. They'll talk about good part and bad part. But they just just be hating that negativity. The fiery emotions that fuel hatred. This is where I need you to listen real careful. The fiery emotions that fuel hatred. I got to say that again because every one of us. Listen, this is not an individual message. This is a universal message. And, I, and, I, and I'm talking to you if you're in this universe. There's a fiery emotion that fuels hatred. That's why I've been quoting for many, many years. Just because you feel a thing don't make you right. Because your emotions can be fiery and fueled by hatred. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. If you are generally positive and a forgiving person, the concept of hating others, much less someone you barely know, is like a foreign concept. The majority of the time, people don't say hateful things because they are cruel. See, I know I'm not a cruel person. And if I say something that sounds hateful, it's not because I'm cruel. It's not because I'm judgmental. It's not because I'm antisocial. It's not. But it's a common feeling 
and psychological needs that bring out the worst behavior in some people. And it prompts them to say negative statements about me and other people. I'm just saying, hello. Because, listen to me. Because they have a psychological need. I hope y'all grab this. And I'm going to tell you about these needs. And this is what's going to help you be delivered from evil. Four primary reasons why people hate others. Because people want an escape goat. And it's amazing that the person who left me the message. See, I love people like that. She was just straight up honest. She said, and I could just be looking for an escape goat. Because see, what a scapegoat people do, they agree with what you want them to agree with. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. They the people you can call and say, oh, she thinks she know everything. And you know they're going to agree with you. Them the scapegoat people. So you start migrating and calling people. And that goes back to what I originally said. You find that common bond because you both hating on the same somebody. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. I want to help bless your life. Because when I bless you with this message to be delivered from evil, let me tell you what's going to happen in your life. And I speak this prophetically because it is also uh, prophetically written. You're going to receive a greater reward. You're going to receive bigger and better blessings. Now, if you choose to turn your ear from this podcast and you don't want to be delivered from evil, then, hey, I got another cliche, a myself cliche. That's between you and God. But if you're willing to get delivered for greater blessings to overflow in your life, you will pay attention and you will listen to the end of this podcast. People want an escape goat. When you are struggling, whether it's a problem at work, at home, in your social life, generally the first thing you should check is do you have low self-esteem? Oh, I hope somebody get this. That's the first thing first. Because I'm going to tell you something I noticed about people with low self-esteem. They're always looking and seeking validation from other people because they don't have enough high self-esteem to validate themselves. So they live off of what other people say. So your conflicts in your relationship and etc., it feels much better to fuel your negative energy into blaming someone else. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. Then... Then to comfort your own self in the role and deal with your problems. You ever found people like that? Every single problem they have from a drip in they sink, they got to call you and tell you that's a problem. Well, call the maintenance. Every single thing, if they thought that somebody didn't give them a phone number, so what? That's a problem. People with low self-esteem would take things that are so minute and petty and they will make a mountain of a problem. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. I'm telling you something that's been psychologically researched, although I'm interjecting my own paraphrases. But in this article, it says that scientifically negative energy people 
are so quick to blame someone else than to confront their own role in their own problem. It said a lot of people join even hate groups. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. Because I'm going to tell you, I ain't going into the testimony. But I worked at a place, a residential property. And they literally had formulated a group. One of the residents came back and told me because she went to a couple of the sessions. And the group, the name of the group was the Afrida Hater Club. And I said, Wow. But see, a lot of people join hate groups. And what does it start from? It starts from one person connecting with another person who hate the same person. And then if they can find some more people that hate that person or hate whatever cause or hate whatever culture or hate whatever class of people, then those people will join together and they really don't realize they become a hate group. Because it allows them to feel the blame of all of their problems into another person or group of people that they feel will support them and their feelings. Who will share their belief and make them feel like they're doing the right thing or that they belong. Number two, remember, number one is people want to escape goat. So they get to calling people they know going to agree with them. That's paraphrasing it smallly. Number two, they're lonely and seeking connections, even if it has to be hateful ones. They know these people they connecting with don't like you before they start connecting with them. But see, when you're lonely and then you done cut off the good people that kept you on the good foot or guided you to get on the good foot, Then they start connecting and seeking connections, even if it has to be with your haters that hate you. Many people join hate groups because it feels their need for a friendship and belonging. But you don't need to do or be anything special. See, that's the thing about haters that get together. You don't need to do anything special. All you need to do is have a common bond of the hate. Or a common person to be negative toward. It feels easy. Likewise, some people find it easier to even make connections by putting others down and seeing who's gonna agree than to prove to people that they are interesting and they have valuable companions. That's why I call people friendly, some people. They don't have valuable relationships because most people that has a hatred rooted in their heart. See, you know, people, We listen, people can play the part. They can talk nice to the birds, the bees, the flowers, and the trees. But you can tell the hatred in a heart when a person gets angry how they act. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. So they become interested in in, in, in negativity instead of having other interests. That's why I know a lot of people don't like to talk to me because if they don't like talking about the Bible, we don't have too much interest. Or if they like to talk about fashions or decorating, that's why you got people that group and migrate together. But what you can always notice an evil heart and a hatred in a person is that what they choose to do 
when they're seeking friendship and companion? Do they have valuable relationships that carry important interests? And I can tell you pretty much if you look at a person's life and they're 50 years old and they have not made any legendary landmarks, generally that's because they don't connect with interesting and valuable companions or relationships. Number three, people hate instead of love because they fear the unknown. When someone new enters a group, particularly if they are in a position of influence, many people will immediately begin gossiping negative things about that person because they fear. They fear how that individual can either change the group or the group dynamics or how they're going to change that person that they deal with. That's why you got some people, they try to beat you to the draw. You know, if they feel that you finna disconnect themselves from you or they disconnect themselves from you or you disconnect yourself from them, they'll try to hurry up and run to your enemies and get them on their side. It's like because they know they got this shared hatred toward you as a new person. It's a way for the existing person to continue to strengthen a bond, even though it's in a defensive way. Because they fear the unknown. They don't know what you're going to say about them. So they try to get out there and say all manner of evil and beat you to the punch. This is the way they strengthen the bond. So they fear the unknown. Number four, their insecurities get the best of them. Oh, I hope somebody get this. Listen to me because I don't want you to just take this message as another podcast. I want you to think about each tool and tip that I'm giving you. And I want your image to be solely on looking at yourself in the mirror as although you are standing in the conversation with yourself. On an island, nobody there to distract you. Just you and yourself and your eye. And then I want you to determine if any of these tools and tips that I'm giving applies to you. This is self-examination on delivering yourself from evil. Number, number, what number is not number four? One, two, three, four, five. Insecurities. When insecurities get the best of you, hatred also surfaces. When people are highly insecure, often they'll compare themselves to other people. And when they come to the conclusion that the other person may be better than them or the other person possesses traits that they don't, that they don't, want to acknowledge that they don't have. People may speak out against that person to project their anxiety onto them. You don't hear me now. When a person carries insecurities and those insecurities get the best of them, that's how their hatred suffers. That's how it suffers and people are highly insecure. 
And that's why when I listen to a lot of people talk and they love to compare themselves to other people, or why you feel like that person better than me, or why you feel like they handle things better than me. I remember giving a compliment about a young lady. She has a very articulate voice. Her voice tone is very soothing. And I gave this compliment to a very close person to this lady, and they immediately went to talking about how they talk. I didn't ask you nothing about how you talk. You ever notice talk to people, if you compliment anybody, the first thing they're going to say is either, well, I can do this better or I did this better. And that's one of the things the lady is so funny when she talked to me yesterday and she was telling me that's how this person is at work. Everything she says, if she said, oh, well, I got this purple outfit, then the lady might say, I'm giving an example, I got three purple outfits. It's always about comparing. And you can tell insecure people. And this is where you need to examine yourself. If you got an issue with why somebody communicate with somebody else and don't communicate with you, well, examine your ways. And stop allowing the insecurities to get the best of you. I'm trying to help somebody this morning. Understanding the bonding power of hatred. When you're expressing dislike for other people, it's controversial. We're taught from a young age that we should only say nice things about other people. So when someone says something negative, it catches other people's attention. Isn't that amazing? And it draws them in. And sometimes when people realize this, then they know this is how they form companionship. Because of negativity. It catches other people's attention and draws them in. If people share the negative opinions, It's open. It's like an open ability for people to form a connection. And that's amazing. Hatred defines social lines. Humans desire structure and certainly in their social lives. But to establish that, people naturally divide into groups. Social circles. We see that all the time on Facebook. Where everyone feels like they belong with one another. And then there's the out group. People who exist outside the circle circle and are typically not welcome into them. And I never could understand that, especially about Facebook. Everybody's saying we're godly believers and they're posting these quotes and the prayers and, and praises. But then they pick and choose people to attach themselves to even though they know these people are haters they know these people are insecure they know these people are always comparing what they don't have to what somebody else do have but you know what i came to realize about that even in social media platform who follow who tells a lot about the spirit of that person And see, the the fundamental teachings of the Bible, it says you should know them by their fruits. That's why I I don't follow everybody page. Not because I'm discriminating, but first and foremost, because I don't have time. I have too much to do in my day to make any social media my all day, every day platform. I'm just saying. Because before social media was even invented... I still had busy days. 
And so I have to be busy about me. You know, I've always been a busy bee. I have to wash, cook, clean, even if I'm all by myself. I have to pray and praise and keep my mind in a place. And I know this from social media interactions and engagement. It's like a job. And if you're not getting paid for it, then my question is, why do you need to seek out so much attention? You got to ask yourself the question, is that a form of evil because of your insecurities? Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. Hatred is defined through even social lines when it can help people understand boundaries between social circles. This is a powerful motivator for people to form bonds because it satisfies their need to feel connected to others. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. When people got this yearning desire, because some of this stuff people post, it ain't even necessary. They do it because they have, they need to satisfy a connection to others. If you gave a message this morning and you satisfied with that message, tell me why people need to turn around and post three or four more pictures of themselves the same day. I'm just asking, hello. There's a need. And see, this is why I've gotten to a place I do not, and it's nothing personal against people, but I do not sit and just compliment on every photo a person takes because they put on their clothes and they make up. I'm just saying, uh, if they don't make up, just because they put on their clothes and they want me to see a picture of them. Okay, I just saw a picture of you this morning. I just listened to a message this morning. And, and, and I be trying to figure out in my mind what is going on in the mindset of people for them to feel that they have such a need to feel connected to others that they got to take all day, scroll with their fingers, affecting their right or left side, tap, click, scroll, tap, click, scroll, and do this all day, every day. Is that such a need to feel connected to others? Do you not have a connection enough with God in your relationship with him that you don't feel whole if you're not on your telephone, telephone, and 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 and, and, and auto phone and video phone and, and all these phonics that's phobic? And I told somebody about three years ago, I said, I really need to establish. And I know somebody probably going to take it and run with it. Because what God has for me is for me. So when I say this ideal, if you take it and run with it, God bless you if you're able to help somebody. But let it know that, hey, I said that it needs to be a social media, if it's not already one somewhere in the world, addiction. There are some people that are seriously addicted to social media. And that's because they need to feel connected to others. When you have a mutual dislike, it invokes a stronger response than a mutual one. And see, this is where we're we're walking on a real thin line between love and hate. Because you have a mutual dislike, then you have a stronger response just from a mutual dislike. It does not mean 
that the person that you connected with still even like you. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. You got people, they hate to answer your call. They hate to hear from you. But if they know you got a mutual dislike, you'll eventually, they'll start answering your phone calls. They'll start engaging with you on social media platforms. It's not because they like you, but you got a mutual dislike. I hope somebody grabbed it. It's not because they feelings ain't changed about you either, boo. They don't like, they still, they didn't like you before the connection and they still don't like you. But guess what? Because you got a mutual dislike, or I hope somebody grabbed this, then you got a stronger response of a mutual bond with that person. In one study, people were shown a video of two people having a conversation in which the man is politely hitting on the woman. So after being asked if they liked or disliked the man, they were told they were going to meet people who shared their opinion of him and asked how likely they were going to get along with the person that they meet. Now listen to what I just said. Because I'm telling y'all, you're going to get delivered today if you really take this information, make application, and listen to it. If you watch a video of two people they're having a conversation. And on that video, a man is politely hitting on a woman. Now, the people were asked if they liked or disliked that man. They were told they were going to meet people who shared their opinion after the video was over of them and ask how likely they were going to get along with the person they met. Nothing about the video. That's how people missed them. See, they said, we're going to show y'all the video that man hitting this woman. After the video over, we want all, uh, we're going to put y'all in groups. And in that group, we want you to share your opinion and ask how likely you are going to get along with the people that you meet. <laughs> People who had a negative opinion of the man were far more likely to say they would get along well with someone who shared their negative opinion than those who had a positive one. See, what they did, they took the negativity from the video and migrated in groups, and they made that the topic. Not how well they got along with one another. Don't you find that interesting? Sometimes you meet people in, in, in general settings and instead of talking about each other and your values and qualities, if you realize that you have just finished watching a video, people will make that the topic and they'll start speaking of the negativity. Sharing hatred can be an expression of vulnerability. Even in researching, it shows that a form lasting Intimate bonds with people, you have to be vulnerable with them. That is you having to share your authentic person. That's why I say when I talk to people and they don't want to admit, they know they were jacked up, messed up, tore up from the flow up and pretty much still like that. Okay, they might have interjected some, some acclimates and some activities in their life. But that same 
deep-rooted heart of hatred, when they'll kick the car, it's still there. It's still there because it just rechannels itself in a different way. Okay, they may not kick the car this time. They may just throw a glass and just sweep it up and put it in the trash and think that they've changed. But all you got to do is sit back and watch as well as pray and see how people still respond and react in their anger. And when you see the same thing you saw 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you will know they haven't passed the test of change. They just start masking it in a different way. Oh, I hope somebody get this. This instant is a moment of vulnerability. Because you are sharing within yourself. Listen to me. How to deliver yourself from evil. Yes, I know it's a difficult experience. And it can lead you to even hate yourself as well as other people. So what do you have to do? I tell you, listen to what I'm saying. Because it's very important. You want to first and foremost examine yourself. Examine yourself. You want to really look at yourself. You want to be able to share your negative opinions toward other individuals. That might be a danger, but you can be honest. Your negative emotions is the impression of yourself. And people are going to only remember a small portion of what you say, no matter what. That's why whether I talk for five minutes or whether I talk for 50 minutes, People are going to only remember the portion that I say that may help develop concrete memories of how I made you feel. That's one of Maya Angelou's famous quotes. You might not remember everything I say. I'm paraphrasing that too. Everything I have on a high look. But you'll remember how I made you feel. And if my words invoked an anger, a frustration, a disgust, or other cynical emotions, then you're just going to associate those feelings against me. Instead of just listening to what I'm saying and examine you. Most people, of course, most people don't like feeling those kind of ways. And they're going to be less eager to talk to you, call you, or see you in the future. You can rest assured, they ain't going to want to hardly talk to you. Them the people that say, oh, well, I'm just going to leave them alone. Because you bring down their emotional state. And they got to hear something about themselves that they don't want to acknowledge. That's that small portion of, uh, uh, of, the, of the negative comment. But you could have given them a large portion of compliments. But they won't remember them. And they'll be the first ones to say, don't nobody never have nothing good to say about me. Oh, well, I said a hundred things, but you only remember the one. 
See, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta watch how people, that's a danger. Because those are people that that if if your words invoke that anger and frustration and disgust, then they're dealing with their own cynical emotions. Instead of saying, let me examine myself. Bottom line, everything I've said today, of course, de- being delivered from evil comes with a risk. Let me say that again. Being delivered from evil comes with a risk. But unless your hatred is founded in a sociably acceptable ideology belief, in which mine is the fundamental teachings of the Bible, it's going to then come from a personal experience of being hurt. Or it, it or could be something else, traumatized. But you will always find yourself trying to be justified by other people when it's best to keep it to yourself until you can correct yourself. I'm just saying, I enjoyed that article by Vanessa Van Edwards. She's a lead investigator of science of people. She is a best-selling author of Captive, the Science of Succeeding with People. And she has translated her book into 16 languages. More than 50 million people have watched her engaging. She has a YouTube tutorial and TEDx talk. And her much anticipated new book, Cues, released on March the 1st, 2022. Check her out. I'm just saying, very interesting information, even though I paraphrased and interjected some of my sayings, but I just want to encourage people. It is a critical time that we understand how come when I say we need to be delivered from evil, it's not because you're running around being a a murderer, shooting and killing people. That's not the only thing that make people evil. It's some evil within all of us. That's why the Bible said we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's some evil all around us. And that's why one of my scriptures I had to meditate on that before I put a pen in this podcast. And I'm going to footnote this scripture. It says, when I wanted to do good, evil was always present. And when you find people that cannot acknowledge and will not receive that there is some evil, some hatred, some underlying condensations in all of us. Those are people who have detached from the realness of reality. And they will never fess up and say, yeah, I used to be jacked up, messed up, tore up, and I'm still a work in progress. I'm just saying, hello. And that doesn't mean that, that you're a bad person. That doesn't mean that people hate you. That just means you're part of a universe that our evil is always present. And until the next podcast, as always, may the blessings from heaven flow, flow, flow down into your lives, meet all of your needs, bring you to a place to even if nothing else to your own self be true. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. And until the next podcast, because I'm running this series on Deliver Us From Evil, be blessed and continuously examine your ways to receive a greater reward. And that's the footnote that I said to the young lady yesterday to ride on that Luke chapter 6. And it's um, Luke chapter 6, I think is verse 
35 through 36. And it talks to us that even in the midst of not liking what somebody do, you can still love them, but not love what they do. God blessings always. Bye for now.